Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you so much for joining us here today on monday december 18th 2017 for episode number 62 one week until season's beatings i am joe Murata. this is michael quinn how you doing there michael Howdy doody. Ho 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 to you, sir. Ho ho ho. Christmas one week around the corner. It's you celebrate it. Santa's coming. Santa. Uh, yeah. Festivus also in a few days. Oh, so yeah. Nice for the rest of us. Yes. As they say. I wonder if Crockett and Malonis are celebrating that. <laughs> and folks, thank you for tuning into our podcast about the world of retro wrestling. We're glad to be back with you here. Like I said, episode number 62. Uh, Quinn, we have a bunch of exciting things going on in the next week or two. Yeah. And before we get to any of that, let's remind you of this. You can follow us on Twitter if you haven't yet at OVP podcast on Twitter and we we do tweet. Yes, we do the tweeting. There uh, is. We do it. Is it 240 or 280? I always screw it up. 280. Is it 280? Yeah, they doubled it. Wow. So that's a lot of characters that you can say things to us in. Yes, a lot of characters. Speaking of characters, a great place to fraternize with the OVP family is actually over on our Facebook group. Quinn will tell you all about it. Yes, you can go to Facebook.foot and uh, (laughs) over there you do a search for our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. And when the search does its calculations and algorithms, science, it will pop out our group. Yep. And you hit join. Yep. And you're in. Yep. We, we just, we, we'll approve you. We don't care. We're usually on top of that. We're very nice about approving people. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff going on there, Quinn. Oh, yeah. There's so many things. Pictures, videos, uh, just talking, shooting the shit about old wrestling. I was talking about Ring of Honor with uh, somebody the other Mick day. Price Mick and Price and a few Price. others. Yeah, yeah it was, sure. it's fun. It is fun over there, folks. We encourage you to join it. Uh, no judgments there. Don't worry about it. Just bring yourself and have some fun and no negativity there. We're very open and fun, and it's a happy romp through the, uh, the memories of the yeah. retro wrestling. 100% free. It is free, too. Yeah. Uh, here's something that's not, but if you want to uh, check it out, it's patreon.com yes. slash OV. Podcast. Now, why do we have that? We have that so we can provide to you additional content. Yes, there's additional content such as our monthly live reviews yes. where we review March of 1982 in video form. That's right. Those come out on the first of every month. First of every month, you get that. That's the $3 tier. The $2 tier includes our OVP commentaries. These are weekly, every Friday. Yes, every single Friday you have commentary tracks that you can sync up with your WWE network. We'll tell you where to go, what to do mm-hmm. in, the, in the audio and in the in the notes. Yep. And you can just watch along with us. That's right. You, you can. Know? And it's a fun time. Uh, we also are found on SoundCloud. That's where we're hosted. Not the only place to find us. Uh, we prefer to be found if you use it on Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a five-star review. Yes. We would really appreciate that. We just we like getting those reviews. It helps us get more noticed. I think allegedly, Quinn, it does matter. Allegedly, according to Apple, <laughs> we will get more noticed if we get more reviews. Okay, fair so. enough. So if you have um, you know, an Apple device or if you have an iTunes account, please find us on uh, iTunes and leave us a five-star review. You can subscribe anywhere that podcasts are, though. Yeah, Google Play Music, Stitcher, mm-hmm. Blueberry, yep. Odo. Who cares? Yeah. Thank you, Gorilla. Exactly. Anywhere podcasts are. Yeah. And we have a couple of podcasts that we actually really like that we kind of are, are friends of the show we say they're big friends big friends of the show yeah. we have the uh the wrestling podcast about nothing we alluded to them earlier in the show we have uh the kingpin brian malone say wrestler 
Yes. He's actually a wrestler. You can I, find him in ROH and other places. You no, know, I'm surprised we didn't put him on wrestling royalty. That's right. He is the king pin. He's he, the king of all pins. He's the king of all <laughs> pins. Is that like a bowling reference? I think it is, actually. Uh, Woody Harrelson. Give it back. What are you, sissy? You need a purse? And his partner on the show is uh, independent wrestling referee Mike Crockett. Mean Mike Crockett, as we've taken to calling him lately. Yes, in his hiatus away <laughs> yes. from the ring, as he says. Yes, extended hiatus. Yeah. Uh, another show great show they actually he greets us every single week from allentown yes he lives in allentown <laughs> yeah, allegedly with billy allegedly, joel yeah and the nasty boys and right. his name is peter winson yes little Petey. <laughs> little Petey. he hosts a one-man show uh which is very lonely and sad yes. but it's a great show nevertheless yes. it's very uh chill it's very chill it's so lonely he's no one to talk to over there yeah. so he's just talking to himself and making cameos on our show, talking to himself a yeah. few weeks ago. But it's Greetings from Allentown. Great program. Check it out if you haven't. I know for a fact that we have helped his ratings. You know, I know have that. We? we have turned the OVP family on to Petey. The ratings. And Petey's obviously, <laughs> yeah, I'm being facetious. The podcast yeah. Nielsen's. <laughs> yeah, the podcast Nielsen's. And Petey is obviously a welcome member of the OP, OVP family. You find him on Facebook with us, interacting and things like that. Oh, yeah, all the time. So, Quinn, like we mentioned last week as we kicked off Season 7, we are now, there's no more wrestling to narrate because we did the narrative we, a few weeks we ago. We covered all of wrestling history. That's it. So, yeah, now, what we, <laughs> now what we've been doing is this brand new game. It's a game show. It's called Pop the Question. That's right. Welcome wow. back to another edition of Pop the Question. I, of course, am Joe Murata alongside my assistant, Michael Quinn. Or as I'm known as Bob Barker. Yeah, you're yeah. Bob Barker today. Yeah. And basically, this is where we take questions each week from you the fans it might be one it might be multiple questions you never know here on pop the question quinn what do we have today today we have a question from pat ray and his question is wrestlers and tag teams that had great potential but never realized it huh pat ray thank you for that question that's a good one quinn what do you think of that there are i guess you can call it a missed opportunity there are sorts yeah a missed opportunity of sorts but this is these are people that you thought obviously is gonna be like can't miss Awesome star. He's really good at what he does. I mean, I have some ideas. Who comes to mind? Here's one that I think some people would say this is kind of an obvious one. Sure. Shane Douglas. The franchise. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways, that's fair. I think some people would say that. Some people would say he isn't that good to begin with. But yeah, but I mean, he looks like a star. He's a guy. Okay, I think, he's a guy. I think of when I look at a guy that you know he's around the Indies. He was even in the big the big leagues. He was everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's got the look. He's a good wrestler. Sure, he's a good talker. He is like, a pretty good talker. How did that not work? Like, you know, well, I'll tell you, Dean Douglas derailed his career. Yes, big time. That Dean Douglas run in 90. Now, Shane Douglas, folks, he came up in the late 80s, right. mid to late 80s, around the same time, actually. Um, Mick Foley did. They were actually trained by Dominic Danucci. Yeah, both and of them. I've heard he had some interactions with Steve Austin along along yeah. his career. You know, he's that of that generation, the Foley Austin yeah. generation. And, like, in ter- and in terms of overall look to me and ability, I don't want to say that. I mean, this other guy's probably better. Kurt Hennig reminds me a lot of Shane Douglas. Really? Similar in terms of ability. A little bit earlier as far as when he started. Correct. But, like, to me, that was probably the, the highest, in my mind, that Shane Douglas would ever get is someone like a Kurt Hennig. 
Now, I know that he was the face of ECW. Right. And I saw you see his run and you see he's capable of being a top tier guy like ECW shows you that. Right. Right. Gives you a glimpse into what what would a company look like with Shane Douglas on the top. And it was good. I stepped just one more rung up that ladder as I climbed to the very top to be called the greatest of all time. It was pretty good. I mean, yeah. I can't deny that. Now, he had had a couple of different runs. You know, he was in WWF. It's kind of like a, a opening match guy for a, a year or two in yeah. 1991. Right, but that wasn't... He didn't. I don't right. think he had an expectation that he should be leading the company at that point. No, no, no. That's the point, is that he worked his way into being able to be someone that was formidable enough to be the, the champion of the largest independent promotion, ECW. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and he was... I'll give you this. He was damn good at what he did. Right. I don't know that that trans would have translated into mainstream you know big time wcw yes. or wwf but, champion but you wouldn't argue that he didn't have the potential i think he had the ability um i don't know it, I, I would argue in my mind he was never destined to be a hmm. world champion in I either saw, of those yeah, companies I, I i disagree a little there I, I always thought he had the potential i, I really did that's the, and that's yeah. great i yeah. think it's a good healthy discussion to have there are other people i think and i would say lex luger should have been better than he was yes that that's definitely true and again derailed by the way wwe pushed him or wwf at the time yes i would say the same thing in the way that the shane douglas gimmick or the dean douglas gimmick right was an unnecessary like sidestep of what Shane Douglas could have been. He already was what his like mainline yeah. character was supposed to be. He was already the franchise yeah. character basically before right. that. Right. And with Luger, I appreciate that they went some for something with the narcissist gimmick. I liked it. That's fine, but when they decided to change their mind that he was going to be Hulk Hogan, that's like when they messed up. It is. And WCW, as we always say, I think we really believe they handled Luger better. They did. They, they very did. much did. They showed that Luger could be a fiery, on-top-of-the-world face, which we mentioned, where he beat Hogan briefly in 97, mm-hmm. without that patriotic character. Right. I mean, I still think the total package is a great name. Awesome Like, name. it's a great name. It yep. describes what he is. Yep. I'm one of the biggest legends and stars ever in this. God! Ugh. And your t-shirts are too tight, too, Billy! What about uh, this guy? What about Barry Windham? Barry Windham, huh? Yeah. I never saw... He's like how you see Shane Douglas. I never okay. saw it in him. Right. I understood, like, good wrestler, uh, good. good look, sure. you know, all that stuff. But he, to me, he seems more like how Kurt Henning is. And it's funny, we're not even bringing Kurt Henning up. Like, we're just comparing people to Kurt Hennig. Now, do you think Kurt Hennig could have been better than he was? Uh, yeah. You but do. I do think what derailed him is, I think, the way he was pushed in 93. Really? That, like, yes, because they went for that, like, super face character, but for some reason, it just never really gelled with him. I, I don't know. Hmm. He didn't look right in the role. I, I don't know as any face, other way. As a to, happy, smiling yeah, face. Yeah, he should have been a top-tier heel. Like, he should have been, like, what Ric Flair was in 92. Hmm. Interesting thing with Kurt is a lot of people, you know, he's treated very reverently and rightfully so by the WWE mm-hmm. retrospectively. Yeah. But this guy was great. You know, you've seen the DVD and yeah. stuff, Quinn. Yeah, I've seen everything. They speak very highly of him. I don't know, though, that he, again, he was the AWA world champion, which I know Ruben Vasquez is doesn't matter. well familiar with. When he was, but when, by the when time he, he yeah, was, yeah. exactly. It was like 89 or something. 87. It was yeah. like when the house was how they were funding the place. Yeah. So, <laughs> Minnetonka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, yeah. <laughs> professional wrestling. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if Hennig's another one where, okay, I get the Barry Windham comparison there, right. but I'm kind of lumping all these guys in that same boat. I think the, the biggest one for me, ultimately, is yeah. Rick Rude. 
like I always like I look at him and I'm just like, I how, don't know, Quinn. How, like he was the top guy, but I mean, he in was. WCW, sort of, yeah, like, but for still, a little, only a little bit. A little and then bit. Hulk Hogan came in. And <laughs> what about the Bammer, Bam Bam Bigelow? Should he have been bigger than he was? Bam Bam Bigelow. He should have, but he was more like to me. He was more like a monster of the month. Like you think? See, I always thought of him on, on par with Vader. You think so? I yes. think Vader is actually a guy with way more potential that should have been like a the biggest thing ever. I don't know. I think Vader did everything he could have. He was world champion. He was feared in Japan. He's well respected. But he didn't make it on the big stage in WWF. If you want to count WWF as the biggest stage, which I guess is, hey, they're the publicly traded billion dollar enterprise. So right. I guess if, they are the biggest. If Vader had made it there, his legacy would have been way bigger than it is right now in a mainstream sense but i mean in terms be in of the hall of fame already like it wouldn't be like we're still thinking about vader like, that's because vince picks and chooses you know what i mean like vader should be there yeah he there, should there, i mean coco beware is in as we say right, exactly uh folks larry zabisco's in jeez <laughs> nabisco is in folks i should take this opportunity to mention that if you have a question that you want to submit to pop the question just send it on over to us on any of the aforementioned avenues you can also email us at ovp podcast at gmail.com and again, we're selecting these at random. So if yours doesn't get picked, we apologize. There's no malice behind any of this. Right. We also have time for another question if we uh, if we wrap I think this we one up. We should move to another question okay. this, this round. What um, do we have? Anything else we want to pick here? Well, let's go to the wheel. Okay. Okay, here's one from Charlie Mess again. Oh, Chuck Mess. Chuck Mess again. This is all at random, folks. So. Okay. Was Vince Russo really that bad? Ooh, I like that one. And we have about five, six minutes here to discuss that before yeah. we run out of time on this segment. And the buzzer is going to go off. Yeah. <laughs> Was Vince Russo really that bad? Yes! Mm. Yes! Yes! Yes and no. I mean, honestly, yeah. we, we saw last week, Quinn, for example bad vince russo yes, in the did. wwf right no forget wcw that, that 99 vince russo horrible yeah. i mean it really is it really is bad we also are pretty well versed with bad wcw vince russo yes um you know late 99 and then a lot of the stuff in 2000 tna vince russo yeah so yeah a lot of the time he was that bad yes but i think he gets like trounced on yes like, i like, agree with you he, like, for whatever reason, he's considered, like, the worst booker to ever happen, when in reality, he is the, he was a difference maker. He was a guy that brought brand new ideas to wrestling that had never previously existed, like, Pillman's Got a Gun. Yeah. Or, like, Austin versus McMahon. And, like, even if, and even if it was stuff that had existed somewhere, it didn't exist in the WWF. Right. And that's what mattered there. Right. It didn't, it, well... It didn't really like exist on a main stage. No, it didn't. Like, and that—that's really the contribution of Vince Russo, right? I would say so. He pushed for something, and again, we weren't there, obviously, so we don't know. But from what people you mean say, the backstage, yeah, the yeah. backstage, he pushed for something different, at right. least not, different, not the typical cornet <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, and I'm sure he did have a lot of bad ideas. And guess what? I'm sure other guys have a lot of bad ideas too. Yeah, I want to apologize, Jim for you putting Smoky Mountain Wrestling out of business. The thing with Vince Russo is he got exposed. 
unlike yeah. a lot of bookers most bookers have somebody to say that's not a good idea vince russo didn't have that luxury in wcw and even if he did who knows the way it all worked with creative control and all yeah. this shit like he could have had great ideas that wrestlers had creative control and vetoed or, ch- or changed or, or changed. morphed right. into bad ideas but i don't think he was like the worst thing to ever happen to wrestling no, I don't I don't either. And I, I actually I still think it's insane to this day that like the WWE won't even like welcome oh, his no. his input. I just mean his input just no. to see what he would want. Like, I don't see I wouldn't he, ask him. And I'm not saying hire him as the head writer or anything. I'm just saying you know, have him throw in something. No way. Like, that's all. I, why, like Quinn? A, just as a consultant. No. I'm not even talking like a writer. What's he gonna say? What you have to do? Well, what Vince shorten the matches? Let me put it this way: Vince Russo was very good at pacing. Mm. As far as like, I don't know. Quinn. As far as a television program overall, he ha- he had a mind for that to keep I, keep you engaged. What he was good at was not making it seem like everything was chunked into these predictable segments. I'll right. give you that. Now, whether it was or not, he did a good job of masking it. Yeah, because you know the way it is in TV production, you have to segment everything off. Right. It has to, even if it isn't appearing that way. Like now, the program is obviously meticulously timed. Right. You have to hit certain posts before you get to commercial. You have like. What Vince Russo did, especially in 97, right. was he blended a lot of things together. Everyone was involved in everyone's business, but it, right. it, it still segmented into different fields. Right. So obviously, from a production standpoint, yes, it was all planned out. But to the end user, it looked unpredictable. Yeah, it looked like, oh, like these two guys are fighting and then some other guy comes and then he's like interfering in that. But then the guy he's feuding with now comes right. in and then they have a match and it's like it just all blended together. And that's what he was like a master of is, right. is that way of production that yep. that, that segmenting and timing. And yep. That's the thing that now I think Vince Russo would be a good influence to look back at. I, maybe, but I, I don't know. I think the people that that think that are in the minority. <laughs> they are, but that's the problem that, is that yeah. like wrestling fans today aren't open to new ideas with that kind of thing. They're just Vince Russo is bad. He should never be allowed any. Like and none of his ideas were ever good. Like, See that 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 second thing you said is false, right? Yeah. Obviously, like he, I'm sure he had good ideas. Vince Russo was bad. I mean, he's not great. He's he not was great, never that good. He's not bad. He's not bad. Bad is even too much. I think you're right here. And you know what? We have time for a wild card question here before oh. we go to commercial. And I've just been handed this note card here. Oh, it's from, really? Really? It's from Ruben Vasquez Jr. Ooh. And he wants to know what's worse. AWA, Global, or the UWF? Now, I don't know which UWF he means because (laughs) there's the Bill Watts and there's the Herb, but I'm assuming he means the Herb Abrams. Right. I think that's the worst of those three, no doubt. Yeah, um, <laughs> One, I, it's I, barely I wrestling. I can't count AWA. That's that's actually a thing. It's that actually was good, good at some point. Yeah, Global was pretty shit though. Yeah, they were around. They were around as about as long as Herb Abrams UWF. But wasn't that the thing with Raven in the dress? <laughs> so, it was from the sportatorium or whatever right. they called it the global dome basically the successor to wccw right, right. <laughs> whereas uwf was just what the hell is like what the hell like seriously like it's just like an acid cocaine oh my gosh. or something uwf that episode that we reviewed a few weeks back but it looks was, like most of the show was yeah, anyway like, was mind-numbing yeah so i would say uwf and you know what folks that'll do it that's all the time we have today on pop the question thank you so much guys for all your questions and of course be sure to write in your question and maybe your question will get popped in a future episode but now a word from our sponsors 
OVP podcast will return after these brief messages. Okay, wrestling fans, here's the latest thing to hit the UWF. Introducing the UWF Superstars Cookies. We've got the Steve Ray Wild Thing Cookie. Our champ's favorite, the Steve Williams Cookie. And besides all that, we've got the Paul Orndorff Cookie. We also have four new kinds coming soon. The Bruno Sammartino, the Lou Albano, and the Herbie Cookie. And let's not forget the B. Brian Blair Cookie. It's honey-flavored. Now you've had the rest, now try the best. The Universal Wrestling Federation Superstar Cookies. Look for all of them in your local supermarket and UWF arenas around the country. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us here on Monday, December 18th, 2017, for episode number 62. Hello, Michael Quinn. Hi. Hi. It is time for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, where each week we have put and will continue to put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore and four of the worst of something into the desert of Death Valley, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we encourage your suggestions. You can do that by uh, reaching us on Twitter, go to the Facebook group, or simply put it onto the suggestion box. You can find that on our website, ovppodcast.com. Michael Quinn, what are we looking at today? Well, this week's Mount Rushmore is probably a special one to Joe's heart, not oh, as much God. mine. Really? But um, it is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of WWF in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, Who Joe. suggested that one, Quinn? That was AJ Smith. All right, AJ, you're my man. Thank you. <laughs> the WWF in 1993, folks. The reason why Quinn is grimacing and cringing over there is because... Quinn and I have differing philosophies on 1993. <laughs> Quinn hates it. I don't mind it. It's smelly poop, <laughs> and it shouldn't ever be revisited. Now, to be fair, <laughs> from a critical match standpoint, there isn't a lot to really love about 1993. Like, I don't know how many great matches there are. Match. Thanks, Dave. But uh, I personally have a lot of enjoyment out of 1993. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Quinn, it looks like you had the pick, and you're looking sick. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll have the stick. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to take the stick here. One of the best things, in all seriousness, uh, I'm not going to say Bret Hart, Razor Ramon from the Royal Rumble. Sure. (laughs) One of the best actual things, I think, was the Bret Hart, Jerry Lawler feud. Aha. That is good. I mean, it is good. I mean, I would go a little more broader because 93 is such shit. I would say just Bret Hart in general (laughs) because he's the common thread of 93 to me. He actually is, folks. Bret Hart's 93 is is really damn good. Because I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Right. He's basically, you know, you got the whole Lex Express, which might make it to Death Valley. Yeah. But I mean, the common thread is this slow, but like, it's almost like in a in a modern sense, right? Mm-hmm. You know how with Daniel Bryan a couple years ago where they were like, we don't like Daniel Bryan, but like everyone else does? Yeah. Like that's basically what Bret Hart was in 1993. You, you know? think so? Yeah. It's just basically this 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 guy that, you know, the company is not sold on completely and they eventually decide like 
okay, this is the guy. And by the end of 1993, Bret Hart is awesome. You know, you got he the, is. You know, it, it starts with that Owen stuff at Survivor Series. Love you, Owen. Yeah, love you, Owen. And, you know, that, <laughs> that great. he starts into his 94 there. And even during the year, he has an excellent King of the, King Ring. Of the Ring performance. The, the Lawler feud is really good. The yeah. SummerSlam stuff. I would say his only weak point is WrestleMania 9 because that sucks. And even that, he dragged a good match out of Yokozuna, which not many have done. Yeah. I mean, it's really not that bad a match. But and also, match. he did have that Royal Rumble match against Razor Ramon. Excellent. That stinks. It's freaking awesome, that Rumble Whatever. match against Razor Ramon. But I mean, even so, day to day throughout 1993, Bret Hart. Is like he's a bright to spot. me. It's like a no brainer. He's the best thing of 1993. He, I guess he is. Yeah, like I, there, you know there's what? just no way around. <laughs> you have to like, you have to put that in, and then everything else with this. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with you. You never see. Here's the thing, Bret Hart. I barely put him on for anything. You never hear me do that, even though he's your favorite. Yes, it's weird, but this is a case where I have no qualms. I have no bias here. Bret Hart truly is one of the best things, maybe the best thing of 1993. He's WWF. The best there is. The best there was and the best there ever will be of 1993 <laughs> for number one bret hart what else is good in 93 i mean i said the lawler feud with brett so we're, we're that's kind of getting umbrellaed in here michaels is is okay but I, and is he one of the best i don't know of 93 um, I, I i got a better suggestion though sure, i think here please i got monday night raw yeah, just in, in general. Yeah, well, the, the 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 concept coming to fruition, I mean, that's a big thing, right? You know what, Quinn, you're right there, because Raw, as you might know, folks, started in January on the 11th of 1993 to replace primetime wrestling. Right. Slot, and it's the total opposite of what primetime had been, and not only primetime, of, of what any WWF programming had been, because this was live most of the time. From an intimate venue in a right. pretty smart crowd, New York City, Manhattan Center, yep. and was not in the can at large arenas and right. overdubbed commentary and sweetened audio. It felt like you could be there. It felt yes. more realistic, right? It, like it, it did. It, yeah, it felt like, hey, this is something I could go to and be a part of, not this big glob of yeah. people. That's the thing. Yeah. Globs of people. Like, if you turned on superstars at any time, yeah. you know, it's just like Vince yelling and the, cr- the <laughs> constant buzz of the fake crowd noise. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. You know what I mean? And like Nick Barbary and like hairy jobbers that you don't know. <laughs> and barbarian squashes. And that's all fine and dandy. And the Barbarian loosening up a bit. Lock up with Carlson. Barbarian, one of the more extraordinary athletes in the WWF. Oh, wow. Is he ever aggressive as well? But you go to Raw, you know, January 93, and it's in Manhattan, you know? Yeah, How and, cool. Yeah, and you can, like, see the people in the crowd. It's lit up. And you can see the ceiling. You can see the ceiling. <laughs> and it's and live. It's be- it's when that was a novelty, right? It's it's before right. it's before the idea of an ECW arena got, you know, oh, antiquated yeah, yeah, yeah. and, like... Sure, sure, you sure. Know, now, this was huge for WWF because they had spent the past 10 years building to be able to be selling out large arenas and doing right. a brightly lit television show. They wanted to really make a point. Yes, they yeah. went they went larger than life for yeah. 10 years. And now in Raw in 93, they brought it back to like real life. Right. More gritty. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. It was war, all right. It was <laughs> <laughs> And it was kind of ballsy of them to do that. It was a really cool thing to It was just different and completely like like nothing going on in wrestling at the time. And no. I, for that, I need to say it's definitely like a Mount Rushmore thing, if you agree. You know what? I don't disagree. Let me just uh, recap a few more, more things about Raw in 93. Sure. It had good wrestling for the first uh, six to eight, ten months. I mean, really, there was yeah. I mean, some good stuff on there. Unfortunately, it had Rob Bartlett 
for the first three. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty bad. But then he got Bobby replaced him. Like, how do you not put Bobby on to begin with? Well, because remember he dressed up like a lady to try to get in the, in the Bobby place. Heenan, what are you doing? It had Sean Mooney on it, which is weird, weird. right? Bobby Heenan. Okay, you know. I gotta get inside. Well, you go, you go to I gotta, I'll go to any length. I gotta get inside. And Lord Alfred is on yeah. some of the early ones. Aren't we coming up also to Raw's like 25th anniversary? We are or next month, in, one month away, yeah. In the uh, Manhattan Center. In the Manhattan so Center. So you have to watch that one. Absolutely. But w- in terms of what Raw was, it, you got really good wrestling matches. You had Michaels, Janetti had some really good ones yep. on there. Perfect and Doink, believe it yeah. or not, had some good stuff. What was cool about it is all the big stars would show up too. It's like at the time, like seeing The Undertaker was getting starting to become yeah. rare, seeing Bret Hart, right? Because these guys were only on the top. You yeah. Know? And you had great, great stuff from Bret Hart on Raw. Razor Ramon and the kid and their infamous, famous angle, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Macho Man even wrestled a couple times on Raw in 93. Yeah. It was really cool that you got to see all that stuff. It was a, a hot show, yeah. honestly. And 93 was a great year for it. It really, by the end of the year into 94, it kind of got Once bad. Once they left the Manhattan yeah, Center for good. Basically, basically yes. Yeah, it's like September. Yeah, it was like, what? What is this? It like defeated the purpose of all of it. I know. But yeah, for most of the year, Raw was was hot. I mean, it was really, really good. It was yeah. fun, and it was an hour. It was tight. It was concise. Yeah. An easy watch. It was not taped matches, you know, mm-hmm. and God bless Gorilla and Bobby. They did that together for so long. But it was, it was old, a new time. Nobody cared about that anymore, no. to be honest. I, no, as honestly. much as we loved them, like, it was time to switch it up. Yeah, and we loved the banter and all that, but man, Raw was, was damn good. So I'll put it on for number two. Yeah. Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Razor Ramon was another good part of 93, Quinn. Yes, he was. He Um, really was. It's interesting. Razor's 93 is where he kind of like starts to ascend to what he become. I personally think his 1994 is where he kind of came to like, to the Razor that we love. Full like fruition. Full Razor. Yeah, full Razor. But he was, he was getting a few blades together in 93. 92 sucked. Oh yeah, no, he was awful. (laughs) I love the way you make fun. You should hear folks like Quinn. He stinks. Yeah, Quinn just makes fun of 92 Razor. He's just some indiscriminate (laughs) jobber. Like Like, you don't, you don't like the fact that he's like teaming with Flair at Survivor it's, Series 92, what, like, right? Why? Why is he there? Like, he just feels irrelevant. I know. It, it's so funny. Your hatred or your distaste for you know, that you know version. You know who is really good in 1993 and sure. nobody talks about him? Who's that? Evil Doink. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, shit. Wow. Oh, yeah. I know your love for Evil Doink. Yeah, we have a fan, uh, Calico Chris, who's a big Doink fan. Oh, man. Evil Doink. We we did a whole segment on Doink way back, and did we? Uh, we did. Oh man, I, that that was like eons ago. It was, and uh, gosh, the Matt Bourne Evil Doink who debuted at the end of '92. It's so unique. It's it like was. how Raw is a unique idea, right? Yep. Doink, Doink as an evil character. A lot of people tend to forget this because for the majority of his stay in the WWF, he was a face and That's stupid, true. and no one cared. That's true. But the first year of of Doink, he's like this really screwed up character sadistic like, you yeah. know and smoking cigars I always love that with yeah. the chest hair and like really screwing with kids like making them cry and stuff <laughs> it's like <funny. laughs> it's like the opposite of what the product was and that's why the character worked the product was so family friendly at the time Joe yeah like nauseatingly so some people might say right and, and garishly he, so and here comes this clown that at first glance you're like oh give me a break and then you're like oh shit he's evil that's point. that's creepy, you know. There's something to, to really. There's something very intriguing about that character. Right. It wasn't just a clown. Oh, now we have a clown. Right. 
which is what it seemed like on the surface it and de- what it became later. Yes, and it definitely did become that. But the fact that it was Matt Bourne playing Doink, yeah. he he did that perfectly. Mm-hmm. No one could have done that, honestly. Like he yeah. was the guy because he could wrestle. Right. He had the psychology and the wrestling. <laughs> I'm only laughing on the outside. My smile is only skin deep. If you could see inside I'm crying. You might join me for a week. <laughs> and just the, the 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 things he would do were just they were just right, you know? Like they weren't to like they fit the time in a in a way where you could do that evil clown family friendly environment like do it all put it all together and come out good like i just thought it was done very well for its time i know it might even seem antiquated now if you look back at evil doink you might like oh come on he's not that evil you know right right but like he to, to people in 1993 that was like whoa what like what yeah, yeah you know you know, Quinn, I have nothing to argue on this, and we're we're naming the good stuff here. And yeah. there's there's probably not a lot of it <laughs> of the good stuff. There probably isn't. But I think Doink had a better ninety three than Razor Ramon. I mean, Razor was good. Yeah. But Doink stood out. I mean, Doink yeah. was never good after ninety three. Right. Razor was better. Yeah. After ninety three. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Doink. Let's let's do it. You want to want to put the Doinkster in? As girl would say. Ah, the Doinkster. <laughs> he had to get by the Doinkster in order to get here for number three. Doink. Dare I ask if uh, a pay-per-view is possibly going to make this list for number four here? No. Really? They're all not... They all have, like, really horrible flaws in all of them. And I'll, I'll tell you right now. The Rumble, Savage getting, like, like <laughs> going for that pin or something on Yokozuna yeah. and that horrible Razor and Brett match. That match is good. WrestleMania 9 just blows. It's like, really good. It's, it's not a good... WrestleMania just isn't. It's fine. It's King got, of the Ring's good. King of the Ring, actually, King of the Ring is the best pay per view. That's but to say that that's even on the Mount Rushmore is like, it's not that good. It, it's good. It's, it's good. just not that good. SummerSlam's good too. SummerSlam, SummerSlam's no. good. No, because that ending. I know. Tell me a lie, Lex Luger, whatever it is. Get, no, it need, that, <laughs> I'll be that your hero, Lex Luger. That pay-per-view. I hate watching and it because of it. Survivor Series is a pile of shit. <laughs> yeah, Survivor is. Series is an extra pile of shit, other than the Brett and Owen blow-up. Yeah, and like, Bobby's commentary and during And Bobby's that. commentary during it, yeah. Excuse me one minute. Yes. Hey, Stu, wake up! He fell asleep. He had me leave him a call. He's going to wake up. He's going to come over here, Bobby. That'll take two hours. We'll be off the air. Could Hogan... Losing the world title to Yoko <laughs> make Mount Rushmore for number four. Um, how good was that? How good does that feel? Because ninety three Hogan is a whack off. Yeah, he's a jerk off. Well, the, see, to me, it's kind of um, it's a little give and take there with it. Because what are we giving? What are we taking? It's nice that he loses. That's great, right? Yeah. The problem is, is that it's like so much chicanery. <laughs> like he can't just lose. It's Never. like the cameraman. That's Jimmy Hart or Harvey Harvey Whippleman or whatever. Harvey Firestein. Yeah, Harvey Firestein. (laughs) My mother. Yeah, or something. And like, yeah, it's so stupid. But it's fun. It's fun. It's just really like, I don't know. I just really. So it's not going to make it. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. You know. I think there's better things. Like, for example, um, the one, two, three kids emergence. Yeah, he was okay in '93, right? I mean, I I think he he was better later. He he really like started. This is when he started to build up to be like how we were saying by '94. He was like he was secretly like one of the best people in the company. '94, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? This is we haven't put a specific match on here. Yeah, 
You ever see the Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, Loser Leaves Town? It's That's one good. of the best things of 93. It is really good. Because we got to give a match some consideration. There's not a lot of good matches. There's yeah. that. There's um. That's the thing is I can't really think of many matches. There's Sean versus Marty for the IC. A couple of good ones. Yes, with the two of them. That was that was that was really good. I still think it's during like pudgy Sean era. It it's is. Like, it's not. No, it's fat Sean. It's, yeah, it's actually not like if you compare it to other Sean right. stuff. It's like kind of like minor in his like overall career. I agree, and I know that one of their matches won match of the year, but I like Perfect Flair much better. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I like I Perfect know. Flair a lot. Not feeling it. Hey, I don't know. Is a match even going to make it? Like, what else can go I on? I don't even here? think a match can make it because I don't think there's any match that stands out in 1993. There's no all time classic to you. Yeah, it's more like concepts like stand out to me. There's some good wrestling, but yeah, you might be right. Yeah, you know, I don't know, Quinn. If you think about like speaking of Hogan, you know, losing to Yoko. Yeah. Um, and uh, Bret Hart. I think King of the Ring, actually, if you put all that together, it's the best wrestled pay-per-view. Yes, that's true. I mean, I know you said before, it's not like, it's good, but it's not that good, which is yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> but in 93, it's it stands out because it's got three good Bret Hart matches. Mm-hmm. Not to mention Jim Ross on commentary with that's uh, a good Yeah, that's a good, that's a good development. And Bobby, yeah, yeah. JR was there for briefly, you know, doing commentary on right. the major stuff. Um and Hogan loses. It's a fun pay-per-view. The it's, tournament's pretty good, actually. It's actually a pretty good tournament, right? Because yeah. you have um, that Brett Perfect match, especially. It's another really good yeah. match. And does Brett face Bam Bam as well? In the finals. Yeah. And Brett faces Razor in the beginning. So it's it's mm. a fair glimpse into 93. I don't know. Actually, you know, the more you say it, I think it, in, in the, Within, the sphere yeah. of 1993, yeah. I guess King of the Ring would be like the other thing that's the best. Like, I think it is. <laughs> there's not much to say about 1993. I'm fine with putting it on if you are. It has a little bit of everything. Good announcing. Yeah. Good wrestling. Good characters. Hogan loses the title. It's it's a little bit of everything. It's got a little bit of everything. It's okay. A, it's a nice slice. I, you sold me. I think. All right. Okay. I won one. <laughs> 93 King of the Ring. All right. So for number four, King of the Ring 93. <laughs> Well, to recap for Donnie, we have for number one, Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Number two, Monday Night Raw. Number three, Doink the Clown. And number four, King of the Ring 93. That is our Mount Rushmore of 1993 WWF. Quinn, since I picked one of the best, you get to start with one of the worst. Uh, the whole Lex Express thing. <laughs> it's tell, horrible. Tell me why. Tell me why. Okay. First of all, they're like, Let's just go back to the beginning, right? Yep. Like, Hogan leaves right after King of the Ring. Like, yes, he, you he know, does. the yep. camera in the face as we <laughs> talked about, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Right? Yep. So, Lex Luger is, like, posing and being narcissist, like, literally, like, a week before <laughs> that stupid thing on the USS Intrepid. You're right. But then he, like, helicopters in. It's, like, so ham-fisted and over the top and, like, this is the hero. You should root for this man. Yeah. Sounds like somebody we know now. But anyway... He he immediately like just turns face for no like no explanation. He body slammed Yoko and saved America. Right, because that's how America needs saving is body slamming a fat person. Were we at war with Japan in ninety three? No, we weren't. We were at, at war in Japan in nineteen forty three. Not in nineteen ninety three. 
but anywho, they decided to go with that instead. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, the whole thing, here's why it pisses a multitude of people off then and now, okay? Yeah. You had Hogan, fine. Fire in the face, good. Yeah. Flash in the pan. Whatever you want to say. Yeah. Bret Hart! Yeah. <laughs> the best wrestler he in the company. just won the King of the Ring like two seconds ago. <laughs> and they're like, no, no. This heel, this guy that's been a heel, a good heel too, yeah. mind you. Yeah. Like a good engaging, you love people, to hate this people guy. People were interested. Very good. Like a modern Rick Rude, mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. An updated Rick Rude. We're going to make him the champion because he picked up the fat guy. Right. Bret Hart never could pick up the fat guy. He wasn't even there to pick up the fat guy. He wasn't yeah. even present. Because he's Canadian. Yeah. And, uh, and he he's can't. not there on 4th of July. It's not his <laughs> holiday. You know, you know, I am a dual citizen. <laughs> My mom, actually, she's a great lady. And- Shut up, Brett. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, seriously with the dual citizen. He is, to be fair. Helen's from New York. Anyway, she has corrective hose, as Bobby said. Yes. Um, so Luger picks up the fat guy, and then he earns himself a, a world title tour. shot by riding around in a bus. Right. He earns himself a bus tour by right. picking him up. And this is supposed to convince America that this is the new Hogan. So we- and nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives way. a shit. We, we The Lexi Express just breaks down in front of the uh, Palace at Auburn Hills right. in August of 93. So this is, to me, where it, like, the wheels come off the bus, right? <laughs> they were not going round around no more. <laughs> he So at SummerSlam, he, like, you know, body slams Yoko again, again, again but, like, somehow, like, Yoko falls out of the ring because he's fat. And, and don't get- forget, Quinn, Jim Cornette was like, oh, motherfucker, you only get one title shot, motherfucker. Yeah. And by the way... Why is that a thing, by the what way? What is that? What, like, what levity also, is that? And, but should that also work in reverse? Like, if Luger wins, like, Yoko doesn't get a rematch? Yeah, seriously. Like, but anywho, Yoko, like, rolls out of the ring or whatever. He falls yes. to the ropes and he Luger. gets counted out because he's so fat nobody can get him back in the ring. And and, the st- but not even that. That's what they should have done, right? Mm. Instead, it's like Luger's like, yeah, I did it! Like, he's celebrating. He may have won the match, but Luger... But the championship remains in the possession of Yoko Meanwhile, like, come out. Yeah, meanwhile, the ref is like, one, two, yeah. like, and he's just not paying attention. And they celebrate like the war is over. He won. Meanwhile, Yoko just casually walks away with the world title. Nobody, like, really talks about that. Yep. And that's bullshit. That's the thing that pissed me off. I hate that event because of that. Okay, that's fair. Because it did take all the way until WrestleMania 10 for Luger to be uh, dethroned officially from the Express territory. Yeah. And just back to regular Lex Luger, yeah. you know? Regular Express. Regular Express. Now, that was arguably the biggest blunder uh, in terms of the way they bumped it up and yeah. put it all over the television. But in terms of a physical big blunder... Mm-hmm. The seven foot seven giant Gonzalez is one of Ooh. the worst things of nineteen ninety three. But okay, wait, before we go there, let's are we putting Luger in? Because I was that's like say, the most obvious of obvious. It's a toss up to put in either Giant Gonzalez, who we've talked about already, because he's made two Death Valleys <laughs> yeah. for worst for, WWF wrestlers. wrestlers. <laughs> just wrestlers. For WWF and WCW. So he's clearly making it here because he <laughs> debuted in January at the Royal Rumble, as right. Gorilla says. Chloroform with The Undertaker. <laughs> at the Arca Arena. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. In Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like Undertaker. <laughs> and I feel like he only wrestled The Undertaker all year. Giant Gonzalez is 1993. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. That's why he might have to go big First. heaping pile of shit and he only is restricted to 1993 <sighs> do we put him in as number one did he make the rumble 94 no, possibly he was gone by october 
<laughs> he doesn't even make it to the end of the year. Yeah, he stinks. He, he's got to be number one, I think. Seriously. Okay, but but Luger, come on. I'm not saying no to Luger. It's but such a blunder, Joe. Let's just, you want to get Gonzalez in okay. and then we'll deal yeah, with... Yeah, we don't have to go. We've talked about him in two Rushmores. Just or Death Valley specifically. He wore a bodysuit with fake fur and sometimes it was real fur. Yeah. We and, don't know. And as Austin says, he sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. So for number one, Giant Gonzalez. Die, die, die. I'm sorry, that poor guy just can't catch a break, yeah. but I mean, he's terrible. Yeah, he's, he's like Giant Silva or whatever. Yeah, he like, is. It's like if we do one of like 1998 or something, yeah, it's, it's like Giant Silva would be in there. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> back to the Lex Express. Is there is there stuff worse than that though in '93? I mean, I'm sure there is. That's when. the like that's the overarching blunder. It's like the narrative of 1993. Okay. Like it yeah. needs to go in. It's like the opposite of how they pushed Flair in '92 and everyone right. loved it and it was right. like a great thing. Yeah, exactly. This is the the evil twin of that. Right, exactly. Okay, I think no further ado is needed there. I will put in the Lex Express Quinn if uh if you co-sign that with me. Yeah, it's in. All right, so for number two, the Lex Express. Die, die, die. Well, we got two more to go here. I would say uh, Hulk Hogan in 93 is awful. Is there enough of them, though? That That's, that's the problem. No, well, I, I think that's also part of the reason it isn't too much of a problem. I don't it's know, like, man. When, it, when you're the world champion and you're not there between WrestleMania and King of the Ring. Yeah, well, Brock does that all the time now. Um, nobody really complains about some it. Some people do. But Hogan... Here, the character Quinn yeah. was so horrible. But how about uh, Beefcake in '93? Yeah, it's even worse. <laughs> yeah. Ow, my face! Ow! Like, he's like fuck a lady. Him. Fuck Beefcake. He sucks. He's, he's more. The, to me, that's more '92. He's like that. I know, but he's still like that '93. You know, it goes like this. I spent two days running up and down the aisles of Kmart, picking up that tonic, getting all that hair color together, and getting ready to do a number on Money Incorporated. Uh, all right, what else? What else? Um, Bastion Booger? Yes. That, that, that's actually, that came to mind, because fuck that. Yeah, but what, was he that bad? I mean, uh, Quinn's looking at me yeah. sideways. Are you serious? Was he worse than Hulk Hogan in 93? Yes. What's more offensive to see on your screen? 93 Hogan or just a fat guy? Here's the problem with the Hulk Hogan argument as far as Hulk this Hogan? is concerned. You call him Hulk Hogan? Yeah, Hulk <laughs> Hall Hogan. Yes. Here's the problem. Yes. Is on one hand, yes, he's annoying and stupid and insufferable. I think that's two hands on right there. On the other hand, yeah. he's one of the only things that keeping them relevant to like society. <laughs> like mm. like the fact that he's there keeps their name on the map. Because as I put the world title belts across their dentures, those sharks are going to have lockjaw, brother. That way, when we throw all the bathing beauties, all the Hulkamaniacs in the pool, those sharks won't be able to touch a hair on their chinny-chin-chin. As much as we love Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, nobody fucking knows who they are outside of <laughs> WWF at, in 1993. <laughs> That's true. Like, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I cannot argue with that. Yeah. You're right about that. So you're saying while Hogan was pretty damn terrible, yeah. we're not going to include him. Yes, he's just he's in the middle somewhere. Okay. You know, that, it, not Death Valley, not Rushmore, yeah. just not there. Okay, so. fine, 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 fine. 
when well i don't know if we could put booger in because he wasn't <laughs> as much as i know you want to pick booger <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know if he was that bad i'll tell you what though i'll tell you who was pretty bad in 1993 sure. and i love him mm-hmm. gorilla monsoon is when that's when Ooh, he started to not be that good that's an interesting choice i i, I know I, I don't can i put gorilla on a death valley it feels weird right but that's... he wasn't that good in 93 well it's during that era where he's like the racer man yep. and like he like doesn't want to be there like all those coliseum tapes with johnny polo <laughs> and, and lord alfred yeah it's oh like, here we are look at that ref how oh, he's sloppy and fat uh, man look what pat patterson <laughs> yeah. did to himself he's so fat yeah, like, you're not gonna get him that way yeah <laughs> Ooh, is that pat patterson it, it sort of looks like pat. holy mackerel did he get fat oh, he... why did he let himself go <laughs> former intercontinental champion i can't believe it but he, he, he actually, on. to be fair to Gorilla, his worst year is probably 95. Yeah, he really extra doesn't give a shit then. <laughs> so I guess he gets a pass, but he's bad. Yeah, he, he starts bad. to get bad in How 93. About How about Rob Bartlett? Oh, okay. Before we forget. Okay, sorry so to how, cut you off there. Yeah, we can how, talk about how, the Tonka. How about Rob Bartlett? Rob Bartlett, folks. Well, let's give some background because not everyone knows what that yeah. all is. So he was a fixture on <laughs> Imus in the morning. Now, first of all, fucking Imus or oh, oh, this is Imus or oh, nappy headed. Oh, I'm so yeah. funny. Oh, yeah, that whole thing. I'm a funny person. Oh, I'm old. I don't like Imus, if you can't tell. Yeah. Okay. And Imus is, is horrible. So on his show was horrible people yeah. like Rob Bartlett, who's the kind of comedian that you like in maybe the early 90s when you need someone to do a bad Mike Tyson imitation. Oh, look out. Carefully, you missed the thinky. I beg your pardon? He's just this guy doing horrible voices, like yeah. really not funny. To me, it always was a lot like also when like Monday Night Football got Dennis Miller. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a lot like that's that. a good point. Remember when that happened? That yeah. was weird. It was like 2000, right? It was later. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good way to put it. Quinn. it was the celebrity commentator that knew nothing about wrestling, yeah. didn't want to know anything about wrestling. Yeah. Like at least Todd, they pulled him in from the radio. The Toddster. He <laughs> Todd Pettengill gave a shit. Yeah, I will say that I can't put Todd on a death no, valley. No, like, no, no, he is acceptable. And Mooney, you know, we 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 know about Mooney. He yeah. he didn't really watch wrestling growing up. He was a, a TV guy, you know, right. like a MLB did. He cared. At he least tried. He give respect to the product. This right asshole Rob Bartlett. That's the difference. Fuck him. Like he didn't. He thought this was just a joke, guys in underwear fighting. Basically. And you know what? Maybe to the, the the layman that doesn't like wrestling, it is a joke, that's fine. But there are people that make a living for it, and there are people that would trade a lot, people in the business, to sit there next to Vince and Randy every yeah. Monday night and do that live. Yeah, I would do it. And get that money. <laughs> exactly. So make fun of it all you want in private, not when you're on live TV on the USA Network. Right. Yeah. It's just offensive and terrible, and I don't like it. For number three, Rob Bartlett. Die, die, die. All right. You said Tatanka. Tell me why. Because there's... (laughs) Try me up about that. It's this whole whole mid-card push with him that just never worked and just turns out that, you know, later on he's he's with the stinks and (laughs) like put him with the million dollar man and kill his career because he sucks. He really wasn't that good, was he? Yeah, he just... Like ever. If I look back at it, it just looks like a... It's just a big like why... Like, why did this happen? We used to have a segment called Why Did They Bother? That yeah. would have been a good one, actually. Yeah, like, it, this just was never going to work. It was basically Vince being like, I'm out of ideas, but Chief J Strongbow <laughs> was good when I was a kid or whatever. Let's do that. It's like, it sucks. It was an updated... It was Austin, an updated... Can you, can you, it sucks, right? It does suck. It sucks! It was yeah. an updated uh, Chief J Strongbow type of thing. Right. I mean, they were pretty ham-fisted about that, too. Right. You know? I don't know if he was one of the worst. I mean, I think I think Booger is worse than Tatanka. 
well, yeah. Lud- Ludwig Borga. Yeah, Ludwig Borga. So Ludwig was supposed to be like Luger's big like other feud, right? Yeah, from Finland. But it was more like he was about pollution and like his country was so clean and they were so smart. America's crumbling. This building is crumbling like America's crumbling. This building is crumbling like America is crumbling. Like, why is an environmentalist feuding with the biggest baby face in the company? Who happened to be a former narcissist, don't right. forget. So yeah. it's not like he was a great guy. He's not a stand-up guy. He wasn't really. Yeah. I don't know. You know what's really bad, though, too, is just like that Hart Foundation or the Hart Brothers versus Shawn Michaels and his knights. It's bad, but I can't put it commentary. in only because of the commentary. Right. I was thinking the same thing, it's though. Really it's a bad. really shitty match. It's really bad. Like, and that's Lord because, knows we love Brett and Shawn, too. Right, but. but it also has to do with the fact that it was supposed to be Lawler. Yes. And then, like, something else happened. He, I don't even know. He rape charges that were dropped. He didn't right. do it. He never did it, but yeah. Allegedly. And uh, <laughs> puppies, JR. Yeah. And um, it's Fat Sean still, kind of. Yeah. And it's Keith and Bruce. Who? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, Tatanka, Booger. I mean, that. don't get me wrong. That's right. bad stuff. There's no doubt about it. Joe Fowler. Joe Fowler. So Mean Gene leaves in the summer of 93, yes. and they bring in Joe Fowler. I don't who, even remember that, really. He's on SummerSlam 93. I know what he looks like. I just didn't really think of it. I thought it was, like, indescript. Like, you think it was that bad? Hi, everybody. Take a quick time out. Back to the action in just a second. But I got a little paperwork here I want to work on and bring you up to date on a couple of events. You know, he was pretty bad. What about All-American Wrestling in 93? That was oh, that bad. that sucked balls. And it even was though, so behind the times. Yeah. Like, let's put Bobby and Gene, Gene. in front of a green screen, in a, like, all across America. I know. It was, that they, was they weird. They hyped the shit out of it, too. It's on, like, everything. They're like, watch it. You yeah. better watch it. And nothing happens on it nothing at all. Nothing happened. What about this? What about the fact that Macho Man, for the most part, was relegated to the commentary there table? There you go. That's when that started. That's crap. That like single-handedly makes the whole year shitty now i had mentioned folks that he he did wrestle a couple of times on raw right every other time though he was just sitting there doing commentary here every you have Monday a guy night. who's healthy yep there's no problem he can still wrestle yes he can and he's just sitting in front of your face not doing yeah. anything vince wanted them to be the babe ruth it's bullshit that Meanwhile, would... DiBiase's back is falling off, and he's still in the ring by SummerSlam still. The Macho <laughs> Man's, meanwhile, sitting in a fucking shirt with a stupid hat on, talking. It's bullshit, and I hate it. He, he to be fair to uh, Randy, when he got back in the ring any time in 93, he was still good. Right! It made no sense! So, like, he, he looks like a big goof at the Rumble. Yeah. He sits out WrestleMania 9, he commentates instead, yeah. right? Sits out the King of the Ring, commentates instead. Yeah. Sits out SummerSlam, he's the master of ceremonies for Aaron Neville and, like, what? Shinja and all what that. What are we... What the hell? Like, why? <laughs> and then he's only wrestling at Survivor Series because Kurt Perfect left yeah. right before. It's like... It's like a lot of... With Savage, too, it's like they're trying to make him, like, the atmosphere, right? Like, you hear a voice, but it's like, I'm in aircraft hangars with horrible matches. It's like, I don't want... I'd rather Randy Savage be wrestling in the aircraft hangar. Right, than seeing Virgil and Blake Beverly. Yeah, exactly. And And while Savage is like, ooh, they're good young competitors. Who gives a shit? You should be wrestling! You're not... You're not done yet! You have way more to do! Get in the fucking ring already! Now, it just pissed me off. <laughs> because Vince always talks about the Babe Ruth, but they didn't bench Babe Ruth when he was still playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so stupid. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. So there's that. But I was I, as much as I love the guy. This is someone else. I have to pitch this so we don't get any heat for it. And it might even go in. Okay. 
We haven't brought up Yokozuna yet. What do you um, think of him in this heel run as champion? I think it drags the year down. It's I think not it Death should, Valley. It's not Death Valley, okay. but it should have ended at SummerSlam. That's how I feel about it. Okay. I think it was it was over by WrestleMania ten. It was like, come on, like he should have been like <laughs> a little overdue by that. I think it would have been cool if Lex Luger fought Bret Hart. That, I mean, it would have been. Yeah. yeah, definitely would have been. What about um Crush in '93? He sucks. I hate him, but like he's not worse than the the whole like benching macho man thing that's like really offensive to me like it really it is weird isn't it yeah that randy savage is there i always say and doesn't wrestle and you know i always say when's the macho man when i watch a show don't i yes you do. do do you know how frustrating it is when i'm watching a show where he's on commentary and i just want to see him fight it's very frustrating i imagine it stinks Get it out of here. I don't want to see it not on Death Valley. Okay. For number four, the benching of the Macho Man. Die, die, die. All right, folks. Well, that is our Death Valley of 1993 WWF. We have the Giant Gonzalez yet again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Lex Express, rightfully so, I would say. Definitely. Rob Bartlett. Yeah. He was the host of Raw for three months. Yeah, he sucked. And uh, the other host of Raw, (laughs) the Macho Man. Who wasn't wrestling? Yeah. He was hosting Raw yes. and doing commentary. <laughs> the fact that that happened. Yeah. <laughs> so that is our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of 1993 WWF. Feel free to let us know yours. You can do that on Twitter. You can email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com or do what all the cool kids are doing and post it on Facebook at our Facebook group. Well, when we come back, we are absolutely 100% reviewing something. Back after this. should spend a little less time at the sushi bar, a little more time at the salad bar, Vince. Well, we'll see about that. He hasn't seen his feet in quite some time. (laughs) That's a good point as well. This guy's got his own no-fly zone. Yokozuna. That's one big-butted oriental, Vince. He's got an ass like an amphitheater. Unbelievable. Apparently, there's no Japanese word for leftover, Vince. I suppose not. We got one word for Mr. Snyder, electrolysis. <laughs> During the break, you lost one of the nasty boys, grabbed a small child from the crowd, and beat one of the hundreds of the envelope. Will you stop? I'm going to have this guy taken out of here. Pass me that lead pipe, would you please? Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here for episode number 62. Quinn, we're reviewing something. Yes, we are. This is a good one. This is a good one. Let's make no bones about it. We like this show. Surprising, right? (laughs) Very surprising. Now, this, folks, was a request... This is from Will Olson. Thank you, Will, for the request here. Quinn was happy to do this one. Oh, yeah. This Unlike is what- talking about the crap of 93. <laughs> this was the main event February 5th, 
1988. Now, I want to give you some background here real quick. We've talked about this before, but we've never gone into the entire show and actually talked about it match mm-hmm. by match yeah. and angle by angle and, and all that stuff. So basically, folks, Saturday night's main event had been a um, like a four-time, four to six times a year show. Yeah, it started to become a fixture yep. by this point. That the WBF did. They started uh, doing it in May of 85. Right. So we're well over, almost three years in at this point. Yep. But Saturday night's main event was on, as you might guess, Saturday night <laughs> right. at 11 30 it took the saturday night live time slot correct so it'd be on for an hour and a half uh every now and then usually when snl was off yeah okay which it is even to this day to this day every now and then so and uh it was a great fun show it was where you would get to see your big stars um you know on regular tv yeah on nbc excellent excellent little show hogan was on like all of them i think up to this point yeah i mean you had to the whole thing with it was that you could see hulk wrestle because he just never did on like the regular show no he was rarely on superstars you're kidding me yeah stuff like that interviews but you wouldn't see him wrestle so by february of 1988 vince mcmahon worked it out with nbc Dick Ebersol was his friend, as we know uh, yes. from that uh, XFL doc. Yep. I love you, Dick. And uh, <laughs> Vince does love Dick. And uh, mm-hmm. we have a Friday night primetime, eight o'clock. Yep. One hour show. Unbelievable for the time on network television. The main event, folks, was the most watched wrestling thing uh, yeah. to that point, maybe ever. I'm not sure if it still stands. I'm sure it does. Yeah. Uh, at least American. 15.2 on the Nielsen scale, which How is How many huge. million people is that? 33 million people. That's insane. Saw this. Like, that's ridiculous. For wrestling, for this little piddly little thing. I heard uh, one story that they, they were playing this in bars, like, around the country. I believe the that. Like, that yeah. was uh, Mr. Mutant Larry on yeah. a, a different podcast. Yeah, that. I, I remember that. A couple of years back, he had mentioned that he saw it in a bar with yeah, his dad. That's right. Yeah. And... Think about that for a second, folks. You know, last season you were with us for the whole ride as we talked about how Vince kind of built his empire, in a sense. Yeah. And Vince, you know, barnstormed other people, and he did a lot of things that are not, you know, morally maybe acceptable or ethical, but so did other promoters. And right. Vince is not the, the best businessman ever, and he's probably not the smartest man ever. But I'll tell you what, for, for Vince McMahon to get 33 million people to watch Hogan and Andre, a match that had happened before. A match that happened earlier, yeah. And not only that, but his dad had also promoted it. Yeah, but the key difference here is Hogan versus Andre on free television. And on a Friday night at 8 o'clock. Yep. Come on. So this is very big. And this is from the Market Square Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana, a frequent arena that they used to go to. Yes. I don't know if it's still in the loop or not, or if that arena is still open, but they did it for years. Mm-hmm. That was part of their stops. And I want to give you the card that was not televised before we get to the televised portion. Quick okay. rundown. It's very we strange. Here, like Outback Jack or something? In, in that vein. Yeah. So we had Demolition Axe what? <laughs> defeated Ken Patera. <laughs> the Richard Simmons version? Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. Jake the Snake Roberts defeated Harley Race. Uh, yeah, without his music, as we come to learn later on. <laughs> yeah. Ron Bass yeah, oh. defeated Coco Beware. Hall of Famer Coco oh, Beware. Yeah. Ron Bass, not Hall of Famer. How about this one? The British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid, defeated the Islanders. That's probably pretty good, actually. Probably pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Duggan defeated the One Man Gang. I would watch that. Not bad, right? I like both. They're both from uh, Mid-South. They're both fun. Watch yeah. territory. And then... Our last untelevised match, the Ultimate Warrior defeated Sika. What? Yeah, Sika. Now, which one is Sika related to? Roman Reigns' dad. That's Roman Reigns' yeah. dad, Sika. Yeah. He was also at the WrestleMania 4 uh, Battle Royal, remember? I guess Sika wasn't as ultimate as his son. <laughs> Maybe he was playing a 
hide and seek. Okay, so let's get to the actual televised portion of folks. I am pretty confident that you can find the original broadcast of this on YouTube still. Yeah, but I mean, this is so nice we, and pr- yeah. pristine and cleaned up. We chose the network version specifically because of the quality. Yeah. It makes it easier for when I do the editing in and stuff yeah. like that. Fun story here. Joe has given this on multiple tapes to me over the years. And I, until this was on the network, I had never seen this not in like taped over yeah. four times, like third fourth, or fourth gen, fourth gen VHS. I know like watching this on the network is kind of unbelievable to me. Like I'd never like the sound was always screwed yep, up. Yep. Like it's like, crystal clear. Now. It's unbelievable to me. So, so if you like the, the original bumpers that might, might not have made the cut, like the, the advertising ones. Cause yeah. I remember a Mountain Dew thing or a Miller thing. Miller, the silver bullet was yeah, in it something or something. Like that. Yeah. Then find it on YouTube, but we're doing the network version. If you want to sync up with us, you know, yeah. see the version we were watching right so this is february 5th 1988 and by the way quick programming note you would find this on the network under saturday night's main event yeah i don't know they they just i guess there's since there's only like two or three main events or whatever it's actually i think five there's five five out of like the whole thing it, it doesn't something. make sense to not group it yeah. with saturday night's main event like it's true to be fair to yeah. them i think it's weird that they don't individually like while it's in there say it's the main event but yeah go figure it is so we open with the Quinn's little favorite bumper music, you know, like that little. We've got Savage and Liz, and then we get Honky and Jimmy, and then we get DiBiase and Andre, and we get a nice clip of Andre choking Hogan in that like suit jacket that Andre was wearing. Let me tell you one. And then we get a little quick promo of Hogan before we hit the theme, and it's Hogan in his old 1986 Hogan belt still, yeah, and a bandana that becomes important later, right? Take take mental note of the belt and bandana. Hogan basically is like. I'm gonna beat Andre. You know the usual stuff. This yeah. is all what you might expect in the in the bumpers. But here's what I like about it. This is very smart. They did this is done in the same style of Saturday Night's main event. Right. Let's say you have some casual fans watching for the first time. Mm-hmm. They're getting introduced to these characters right away. Oh yeah, everyone's very distinct. You yep. see the you see their logos, like you see the honky tonk yep. man, like what it looks like, and like you see the macho man yep. and his logo, and you see Andre with the hand logo, yep. and you see Hogan with the Hulkamania, and like you're like, okay, I know who these people are now. Like, so, yep, so- I don't need to know anything else, and they told me it all in like a minute. That's the beauty of the way they did this intro. And then, of course, on Hogan's pose, we get the new theme song. This yeah. was actually the debut, I was telling Quinn. With the sparkles. Of, all of, <laughs> of the new Saturday Night's Main Event yeah. theme. Um, previously, it had been Obsession, you know, yeah. even the month before. This is the debut of... Yeah. And you may, you may notice on, this sh- on our show now yes. that our logo is a little bit of a tribute to that. It is. So just... just uh, Heads up there. And uh, Rob Sanchez pointed out that it also looks like Happy Days a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it does look like Happy Days a little bit. That was unintentional. <laughs> it was. So in the intro package, we just have to note, Andre does his shitty suplex to Bam Bam Bigelow. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll see that move intro. later, too. That move sucks. <laughs> it's a bad suplex. It's so bad, and he kept doing it. <laughs> so as we mentioned, we're live from the Market Square Arena. Live. Not pre-taped like Saturday Night's Main Event was. We're live yep. with Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura, your team. Yep. Jesse with the stupid hat on, <laughs> yeah. like the Swami Ventura over here, looks like an idiot. So Jesse and Vince have their mics open to the crowd, so the crowd can also hear them. Hi everyone, I'm Vince McMahon, along with, <laughs> take a look at this, Jesse the Body Ventura. 
This is a little weird, and I don't know if this was a good choice, because I can barely hear what's being said, and this is like a lot of the show. Like, there's a lot of parts in it where they're like, it's like they're just doing it off the cuff. Like, they're just like, ah, turn the mics on. Like, (laughs) it's like, what? You gotta gotta isolate that a little bit, buddy. If you've never noticed, folks, with, with Vince in the earlier days, especially, but even in the 90s, sometimes when they go live, the first thing to suffer is the audio. Right, always, always, always like WrestleMania 11, yeah. for example. WrestleMania Even, 2. Like, back at three, there's yep. like that weird burp by Andre, <laughs> like when they interview. That him. is funny. Yeah. So Jesse says that Andre is weight of the year for this, and he's going to win. Also, the Hearts are going to win. They're fighting Strike Force for the yeah. tag titles, mm-hmm. and Honky is going to win and then do things with Liz. <laughs> so then we get a montage of Hogan's ass and his calves under Jake Roberts's yeah, future that music. That was really weird. Yeah. I don't know. I guess Jake's didn't have the music. I don't Didn't think he have so. it like soonish? Soon, yeah. Yes. Like it's like it's almost like they got done with this package. Like here, take it, Jake. <laughs> like like five seconds later, because I swear he has this music. Like he has it a, soon. Like in a minute. Yeah, like, I think you're right. Yeah. So like I said, it's just a bunch of Hogan working out. Uh, Horrible. It, I, why? Very and, long. And as we'll see on time later on, this feels like the biggest like. What were they thinking? Like they, it's if, really if they, long. If they if it's so tight on time, you can't be wasting it on Hulk Hogan's calves and bullshit. Yeah, like that. and his butt. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the funniest part though is at the very end of it, he's like posing and laughing maniacally. Yeah, he's like ah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it is funny. Uh, what are you a heel? Yeah. Like, <laughs> So let's go right over to Mean Gene Okerlund with the Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart in front of the Purple Curtain. I love this promo, yeah. I, and I remember it, like, even as we were watching it. Yeah. It's so good, all the puns on, like, this is peak honky, Joe. It is, it is. So, like, Honky's doing all these Elvis song puns, like, don't be cruel. Yep. You know, he's, I'm going to take Liz to the Heartbreak Hotel, you know. And, and I'm going to leave him in the ghetto. In the ghetto. Yeah, it's <laughs> so good, Joe. The, I know we always crap on Honky, but this is, like, when Honky peak was heel. good. This yep. is, like, literally like his entire career is based off this time this, this is top form prime time heel honky tonk who would have thought this doofus in suspenders yep. that they didn't even like know if he should be heel or face <laughs> to the point where they asked the fans yeah, I know. like to write in about <laughs> that it was funny that he would become this i'll give you that you know he's yeah. he's very hateable here gene says at one point you've got to be kidding and <laughs> i agree give with me you a break. There. <laughs> exactly so during honky's entrance he's entering now peggy sue wanders out as well yes and this is uh uh, his girlfriend. Yeah, apparently he wants Elizabeth, but yeah. he also has a girlfriend. Yes, very weird. Like, I thought the whole point is Honky's gonna win Elizabeth, if, like, or win her over. Or he wants to right? win her over. But he just brings his girlfriend with, her, with him. And, and by, by the, the way, way, yeah. <laughs> that was a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, Peggy Sue is who, Quinn? Uh, Sister Sherry, yes. Sensational Sherry. <laughs> She's awesome as always. Sherry I, Martell. And I know some people, this is great because Sherry is almost completely unrecognizable. Like, yeah, I've you, heard people say to me they didn't know that that was Peggy Peggy Sue sure. was Sensational Sherry. There was a time where I didn't know. And yeah. if you know what to look for now, you can clearly tell oh, her yeah. if you know. You you can listen for it in this match, yeah, too. Yeah, you but, can hear it. But yeah. if you didn't know to look for that, you probably wouldn't catch it, you right. know? But it's Sherry Martell, the awesome Sherry Martell, because she just morphs into, like, this 50s, you know, like, uh, you know, like dancing and yeah. stuff. It's very funny. So Vince says that Peggy Sue, like, she sucks, she's terrible, but Elizabeth is beautiful. Well, of yeah. course. Yeah, well, Vince, Vince is always 
oogling over Elizabeth. I don't like that. I don't it's, either. It's creepy. Because I feel like there's a lot of truth behind that. If yeah. we know Vince at all. Yes, we do. Maybe Stand Back was written for her. You know what I mean? Maybe that's why the Macho <laughs> Man got mad at WWF <laughs> later on. Maybe it wasn't like, you know, Hulk Hogan water ski accident or whatever. <laughs> and they got in a fight over Elizabeth and all that nonsense. Man, Hogan and Beefcake just shouldn't go near the water, should yeah. they? There's always a problem. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to Gene with Savage and Liz. And because we're live, there's some bad audio for a little while like you can only hear the music and not them but then it's it fades so in yeah so liz is concerned as always and you had a great question why is she so concerned it's junky honky tonk man yeah it doesn't make any sense like why would the macho man lose to this <laughs> loser like he's a jabroni compared to macho man he's only the champion because like ricky steamboat got like distracted and stuff and he had a kid like it's <laughs> true that's the whole point of the gimmick right yeah. it's not like hoggy isn't good yeah he's not good it's like uh, ricky steamboat was busy with life and yeah. like he had to go away the little dragon yeah the little dragon who was a power lifter by yeah, now as we exactly know. so anyway <laughs> you know what i do i have to pause here quinn and i have such an affinity for 1988 wwf like this is like this is like a week <laughs> off almost yeah, being is. able to do this it's review so fun. Uh, quinn and i were talking we're like well you know let's go a little wwf heavy this time just for a little while you know yeah. because I'll tell you what, folks. I'm just digressing. We're we're talking intimately here. As much as I do love the WWF, we both know it's good to watch different things, to learn about different things, to review right. different things. We and we both are in complete agreement on that. But every now and then, it's really nice to just watch something you're familiar with, yes. and kind of enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing this week. It's right. th- we're not really going to be making fun of two. I mean, we will. Don't well, worry. There's, because there's things. There's always stuff. But this is a show that we both legitimately like, yeah. and I hope that comes across in our review of it. But Savage says he's going to kick Honky's ass. In fact, he says vengeance is mine. Sayeth the Macho Man. And I agree with all of this yeah. because when's the Macho Man? When's the Macho Man? Right now, Quinn. He's got his green robe during Good. his proud face entrance. Oh my God! The crowd like couldn't wait to cheer this guy. Yep, like that's right. Oh, He's so good here. Like, he is. I'm like jumping up and down. Like I'm getting excited and living. I'm like, yeah, the Macho Man's here. Like, screw you, Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> you suck. He does suck compared to Macho. Come yeah. on. And what would become a theme of this match is Honky like awkwardly dances towards Liz. That's- yeah, this is okay. So Honky's like flirting is yeah. to do his like Honky dance. The worst it, thing ever. It's almost like I in his head that like weird Honky music from WrestleMania three playing is like like that's the way he's dancing. Like, yeah. And he like scuffles over to her. I'm like doing the dance into the mic as I like do this. Now, speaking of uh, the way people look here, Honky's got his blue tights on uh, that say Memphis on the back. Savage has red tights, you know, his classic look, with yep. the yellow boots and knee pads. And he gets right to work, Quinn, on kicking Honky's tonk. Let me yes, just put it that he way. He does kick his tonk, all right. <laughs> Double noggin knocker to Honky and Jimmy. Jimmy Hart grabs Savage's leg, and that allows Honky to take over. And I'm going to say one thing here. Yes, Quinn. We're going to definitely need a far more active Miss Elizabeth <laughs> in this encounter because, they're, you know, you got the Peggy, you got the Jimmy, Jimmy yeah. and they're all over the place here. Very good point. We there. We'll need that, but I don't know. You know, Rona's not here to suggest it or anything. So thank you, Rona. Uh, Joey Morella here is the ref, by the way. And yeah. I gotta say, it's really odd to have Sherry Martell out there for a Randy Savage match, but she's yeah. on the other side of right. it. Right, and she's not Sher- she's not a queen or right. like Shawn Michaels valet or anything. Yeah, like- because normally if you think Randy Savage and you think Sherry and Liz at ringside, right. you're thinking 89. Yeah, or you're thinking, you know, when they did oppose, it was like DiBiase was with her or yeah, 91 Shawn Michaels. Or something, yeah, 91 or something, right, or 92. Yeah. So this is very 
strange like prototype version of yeah. all these people being Very involved weird. with yeah. each other. Anyway, so Savage stalks Jimmy Hart into the ring and Honky grabs the megaphone, wallops Savage with it. Sherry's cheerleading is awesome. So loud. So She's loud. so much better than Miss Elizabeth. To the point where Liz has done nothing and even Jesse Ventura points it out. Yeah, it's like you can hear her like and yeah. she's active. Liz has done nothing. Yeah, the, you, like you can literally the whole match hear Sherry like hitting the mat. Thank you, the girlfriend of the hockey talk man. What an inspiration she is outside that ring. You notice how involved she is. She doesn't sit like Elizabeth does. Elizabeth, Elizabeth's like she's sitting on a stump out there. Honky with a rest hold, you know, after four minutes of well, this it's match. Honky. It's also, they have no time, so, like, I, I just suspect that they're trying to make it seem like they're it's like, there's, it, right? there's, like, something happening here, you know? We do have a primetime audience, yeah. you know, they don't have a longer attention span for right. long wrestling matches mm-hmm. the way Match does, you know, yeah. and all those people. Mr. Match. Mr. Match. Lots of crappy offense by Honky. I'm talking your stomps and your additional stomps and yeah. your dancing and mm-hmm. more stomps and maybe a punch or two. That's Honky's offense, basically. Pretty, pretty average Honky. Yeah, average Honky. Savage makes a comeback with uh, an elbow and his signature punches, but Honky fights back. And Vince says these two are going at it tooth and nail. Where's the tooth or the nail? (laughs) It's more like they're going at it tooth and nail minus the tooth and nail. Okay. Yeah. So Honky goes after Liz on the outside and Jimmy is on the other side. So they're like trying to like surround her. But Savage is struggling to his feet in the ring and he finally hops out of the ring. He goes around. He attacks Honky from the back and he throws him into the ring. And Honky's in the middle of the ring begging for mercy. Ah, wrestling at its finest. This is great. This is you would I think you had said it. You said this is so Pat Patterson. Like yeah. it's it, it's entertaining and watchable. And like I know it's not the greatest match, but I mean I'm enjoying what I'm watching. But Quinn, what about the star ratings? Who gives a shit? A match. <laughs> this is an awesome thing, right? It here. is. This is a great angle. The crowd is into it. I bet you the fans at home are into it. Quinn and I are sitting there on the couch almost thirty years later into yeah. it. Yeah, that's how good the storytelling here is. It's fantastic. That's how well the characters are developed. That's what, and it's basic. It's stupid. It's fun. It's easy, and it's all based on a thirty-second promo at the beginning of the show. It's, I know there was obviously exist- a, other yes, existing story, but like conditions. if you're coming in, you know, it's, you know, it's it's based off that whole thing with the part foundation mm-hmm. and the guitar and everything. It's but awesome. You don't need to know about that shit because they tell you everything in five minutes yep. at the beginning. Exactly. And that's the best part of it. So we have a double axe handle to the outside by Savage and a big slam back inside and another d- double axe handle for two. Then Jimmy Hart gets thrown into the ring by Savage and Honky knee lifts him by accident because Savage moves. So then Savage catches Honky in a sleeper. He breaks it to stop Sherry from attacking Liz on the outside and Honky tries to sneak attack Savage on the outside, but Savage nails him too. This is wrestling, Quinn. It's, it's really, it's really good. It's storytelling. Like, yep. I, like it makes sense why Savage didn't win with the sleeper because he got distracted with exactly. the Liz on the outside. The bell rings and Honky grabs his guitar and he taunts Savage with it. You know, I will say this. You know, Honky did. Uh, he broke a thousand guitars and he did draw a dime. <laughs> He did, actually, yes. He's the guy that broke the guitars and did actually draw money. (laughs) Savage gets nailed with a megaphone by Jimmy Hart, and then Liz is in front of Randy trying to protect him in the corner. Honky threatens to hit her anyway with a guitar, but then Savage stands up and he wrestles the guitar away and he clears the ring. So good. It's so good. And the crowd, Quinn, loves it. Oh my god, and people are crying and and cheering. It's it's so great. Savage smashes the guitar and he is announced the winner. 
Then he invites Liz into the ring, and he holds the ropes wide open for her. Yeah, please ignore this, 1991. This never <laughs> happened. Like, that whole thing at WrestleMania that 7. That was the first time. Yes. Not this. Nope, this ignore. never happened. Even though it was, like, the most watched thing ever. <laughs> Only at WrestleMania 7 did he ever hold the ropes for her. Not yeah. here. This yeah. never happened. Now, Liz is upset and nervous because, like, she always is. What is she? Like, I, I know she was in some occasional danger, but, like, nobody was going to, like, killer or anything like what is this she i mean either that's just the way this lady played it or vince really wanted i want the i want the damsel in distress i just don't know what she's crying about that's what i really want to know she always is oh randy yeah i know and then savage puts her up on his shoulders just like at wrestlemania 7 which never happened this never happened by the way it's weird too. the whole like it's romantic but they're like they're not officially boyfriend girlfriend. I think they but are like, right. They don't say that. It's no. like it's, like, it's always like an employer employee relationship. She's managing him as far they back always, as eighty five. You mean? Yeah, they always are like she's smart and blah blah blah. I'm like I don't know what exactly only, she does. Yeah, but I don't like, know. They changed her character because in like eighty five eighty six she was supposed to be like. You think she's completely just like his girlfriend yes. who's like oh Randy and that's since it? the George Steele feud. Yeah. Okay. I think the first like year of her six months when she was introduced, you know. And she had like a movie star, Vince, you yeah. know, and all that shit. Is this a movie star? Who is this? She was supposed to be a little smarmy, a little evil. Yeah. Remember, originally she was when, kind he, of. when he was it first. lasted for a minute. Six months, yeah. yeah. Will he win it, Elizabeth? Oh, definitely. But then around the George Steele feud, they changed it to where okay. she's like Randy's mistreated girlfriend. Okay. Whereas so it used to we, be different. They just never would say it's his girlfriend. I think they did. No, I really... I when? Think, <laughs> I think even Susan St. James said it. Well, Susan St. James doesn't know what she's... She's just looking Uh-oh. at it. She's she's Uh-oh. perceiving it like we do. This is my point, is that they don't say it, but it, it's, it comes off that way. Uh-oh. Okay, so <laughs> we fade away as Randy has Liz on his shoulders, and when we come back, we have Vince and Jesse at the table building this next match. Hogan Andre, like two true pros. Yep. The magnitude, the gravity, this matters, folks. Mm-hmm. This is the long-awaited rematch. It's Here been it almost a year. This is what you came on the TV to watch. This is why you're watching this right now. So we see clips of WrestleMania three from the year prior, and the alleged three count by Joey Morella. Very much not a three count. No, it was a two, and Hogan kicked out. Right. Then we see Andre in his sport coat killing Hogan last month. Yeah. By the way, remember that whole Hogan kicking out yes. thing because that will play in if you've never seen this before. Correct. And then we see the contract signing also in January when DiBiase is nearby. This is the period of time where Bobby Heenan has sold Andre's contract to Ted DiBiase for mm-hmm. $1 million. Yep, that will come into play later, not in this episode. But also, I also hate Hulk Hogan's outfit here. Yeah, what was your problem with it? It's so stupid. Like, it's like he's wearing, like, sky, cloudy... Jeans. I don't even know if it's White jeans or, like... like Stretchy? Stretchy pants. He or does something. look stupid. I'll he agree. looks like an idiot. He does look like an idiot. Uh, Andre throws the table over Hogan, and you asked, why was that, like, a kitchen table? Yeah, it was definitely, like, a kitchen, <laughs> 80s kitchen table. I, I think I had that table in my house. I think you're sitting at it now. Yeah, maybe, yeah. It's a <laughs> lot similar. like the table. Here. <laughs> so let's go back live to Mark Square Arena, where Gene is with Ted DiBiase, Andre the Giant, and Virgil. DiBiase says that Andre 
first of all, already won at WrestleMania 3, which he didn't. But he didn't. didn't. <laughs> that never happened. And he's had the finest training at the finest facilities. Yeah, not like that goofy place where, like, Bobby was, like, <laughs> taking Gorilla on primetime. Remember, and they needed the bananas to get yeah. back. <laughs> so he got real training this time. That's why he lost at WrestleMania ah, 3. Ah, because of the Woods training yeah. or whatever it was, right? <laughs> so Andre says, I got squeeze <laughs> and twist and squeeze and twist. Ha, 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 foot. I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> I'm going to squeeze and twist and squeeze again and squeeze and then so Andre enters to no music with his posse. Yes, Andre the Giant does have a posse. He does have a posse. It's Ted DiBiase and Virgil in this case. And there's a giant banner in the crowd that says Andre who? Awesome. Which is kind Very of fun. Cool. Right? So we go backstage and Gene is with Hogan who is still wearing his bandana and his 1986 title belt. Yep. Very important detail. Very important Remember detail. Remember that. So Hogan gives for him anyway a rather subdued promo, but he does say something about a profit sharing plan. It's million dollar man, you know, he's gotta yeah. make money puns. He's so bad at it too, like multi million dollar man. <laughs> like never calls him the right thing. No, he always tried to give him more money, I yeah. guess, than he really had, I right? Guess so So Hogan now enters the Market Square Arena, comes down the aisle. He's been the world champ now for over four years, Quinn. Yep. And now he's got a headband instead of a bandana. <laughs> this is what we were talking about. So his entire attire is different here. Right. Entire attire. His it's entire attire. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, a different shirt. And they debuting Winged Eagle Belt. Now, I have a theory. I don't know if it's been confirmed. Maybe you can confirm it for me, folks. That this belt was supposed to debut at WrestleMania 4. That's my theory. Because whenever they pre-taped this, clearly Hogan didn't have that belt with him yet. He had the old belt. Right. Now he comes out with this one. I guarantee you Hogan figured, oh, brother, I'm going to make a movie. I'm never going to be champion again. Right, Let right. me wear this belt. Yeah, he he had to get like the last laugh or something. It's like, if they're going to have a new belt, let I'm, me wear it, brother. I'm, let me wear it, brother. I, he gets to wear it. But you know what? Ironically, if it was Hogan like, you know, grandstanding and being a politician and, yeah. you know, he thought he'd never wear it or whatever. Sure. Like, I think this only made the belt like more important and people more like it was more beloved because more people saw it here for the on first network time television. on network television and it's probably why in our brains to this day like the winged eagle is the title okay fair you enough know? i'll give you that so it kind of like in a weird way worked out okay that's fine so hogan charges the ring but dave quote unquote hebner holds him off mm-hmm. and hogan's entrance by the way is long like the music's on he's taunting everybody you know yeah. what it is and he he's still Looks really good yeah, here. He's fine until no holds barred and he comes back. That's, that's when a good point. He's, he's less good. It's not like he's like ninety three no, no, Hulk no. yet, but it's like that's the no. start. This is it's the start of the the downfall. And by my, by ninety three, you have the WCW Hogan, right. basically yeah. as we always call him. So we get the iconic shot of Andre where it goes from like his feet up. Yeah, it's as on he's standing like every like entrance video Titantron that's on like the um you know the video games. They always yeah. show that like up from his feet yep. to his face. That panning up shot. Yep, it's from this. Great shot. The crowd is ready for this, folks. So oh, say what you want, so man. Ready, but yeah. oof, they are ready. The live crowd, and I'm sure the people at home that were watching this. And by the way, if any of you watched this live, we have some people that are older than us that might have experienced this yeah. live as it happened on NBC. Let us know your stories about it. Let us know what you thought. Yeah, I, Did I you feel care? like everyone has a different story what this meant to them. This is like a big wrestling memory, this match. Yeah, well, I mean, most of, uh, I mean, a significant chunk of American tv watchers saw it right which is is not the case normally for wrestling right so <laughs> everyone has a different memory of that night 
you yeah. know, and this was just such a big deal. It was a very big deal for wrestling. Yep. Yeah. So Hogan kills Virgil and DiBiase to start, which I don't blame him. And he goes right after Andre with punches and chops, but he can't knock him down. Hogan even tries karate. Yeah. <laughs> very, very rare karate. High karate from Hulk Hogan here. <laughs> and a running elbow, but he can't get the big guy down. And he hits Virgil again for fun. And then he kicks money out of DiBiase's hands, which <laughs> yeah, is that, awesome. That's so animated. And oh, like, I it love fits it. fits it perfectly, oh, right? I so love it. Yeah. freaking comic book villain yeah. style. You know, like yep. he kicks it out of the evil the, guy's the, hands. The guy that's all about money gets oh, the money kicked out of his hands. Beautiful. You can't write It's literally like raining money <laughs> yep. on the outside around him. Hogan with a running clothesline now, and he still can't knock Andre down. Then he does the big Popeye like wind-up <laughs> punch, and that won't do it. So Andre, uh, Hogan goes up top, and yep. Andre just casually tosses him off, and Andre takes control of the match here. So, so far, we've got a story. Yep. Mm-hmm. Say what you will, but yep. we've got a story. We got something. Hogan cannot knock this guy down, and DiBiase and Virgil are lurking around ringside. Right, so now he's got to contend with them, yep. and he can't knock Andre down, That's and what's what we Hulk going to do? What's, what's our gonna hero going to do? This is what 33 million people are watching, and I guarantee you, a large percentage of those people have not watched wrestling before, or just recently started. Yeah. Like, within the last year or so. Before this, yeah. These aren't match people, yeah. a lot of these people. They're and just like, they want to see the good guys fight the bad guys. Why not? Yeah. I mean, people tune in for freaking evil Knievel specials back then too yeah. like the 70s it's just general entertainment at this yeah. point it's awesome it's great yeah so it's a very basic story though which is fine there's nothing wrong with that Andre misses an elbow Hogan's back is out as always you yeah know? always always like, this is like the Hogan cell like oh oh my back always is he have chronic back problems <laughs> brother so Andre with a choke on the mat yeah nice mat wrestling Andre <laughs> And then Andre stomps on Hogan's hand for fun, and then he hits, ah, a- <laughs> <laughs> hits him with a big body slam. That's right, Andre body slamming Hulk. Yes. And then some flare chops by Andre onto Hogan. Very mm. cool. And then more choking, including a variation of the choke with the singlet strap. I always like that little spot by Andre. Nice to mix it up, because right? Because he doesn't need to do it because his hands are like yeah. a lethal weapon, but like he just doesn't why to, not? Like, give you the finger, basically. Yeah, because he can. Yeah. So then um, Hogan starts to Hulk up, and then he hits Andre with some more chops and punches, and then he finally takes Andre. Andre down with a clothesline from the second rope. Awesome. Awesome. Because he has to because it's Andre the Giant. You gotta gotta bring out all the big guns here. That's right. He's finally even the score. So we get a leg drop. It hits, but Virgil has the ref tied up. So Andre, as Hogan is trying to get the referee's attention and trying to get rid of Virgil. The infamous sequence, Joe. Andre wanders over. We get one headbutt. Another headbutt. Shitty suplex. (laughs) Shitty suplex. (laughs) And Hogan kicks out. Not at two. At one. At one? But Hebner counts three. Hogan and the crowd can't believe it. One headbutt! A second headbutt! Andre spins a hookster around! Suplex right on top of him! He's on it! One! We get a two! That's it! It's like very shocking. Like you can see like children like deflated. Yeah, like, they're like, what? Wait, Hulk Hogan lose? What? He, he <laughs> like, clearly kicked out a yeah, one. What yeah. happened here? It's ridiculous, right? Hebner grabs the belt and he gives it to Andre. And and Vince is like distraught. This can't be yep. not like this. And Jesse, of course, is like, no, he won, McMahon. Yeah, he did. <laughs> they get the counter the three. Counter the three. Fink announces Andre as the winner and the new champ. <laughs> Wow. 
This is so confusing that meme gene is like, I got to find out what's going on here. Like, give me a break. Yeah, basically. So he's like, oh, what, what? oh, give me a break. So he wanders in and he asks Andre what's going on. And it leads to one of our favorite promos where <laughs> it's Andre. It's basically like every impression of Andre is based comes from on this, this promo. Yes, like, <laughs> where he's basically like, I didn't even need to take notes on the promo because we yeah. know it. So he's like, this is no surprise. I told you I was going to win. This is no surprise. I told you I was going to win. The world type 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 matchup to yeah. Mr. DBSE. And now, a surrender to World Cup Championship to Toyota <laughs> Hogan's pissed, obviously. Yeah, and and the announcers are wondering, like, is this even allowed? This surrendering yeah. part, like DiBiase, you you pointed out to me, Quinn looks like such a jerk with the belt on his oh, suit. He puts the belt over his like silvery suit. Yes, he looks like such a butthole. <laughs> like it's like screw this guy. Yeah. He didn't even do anything. <laughs> this is great storytelling, yeah. though. It's so comic book yeah. and so basic. I love it. Vince is like calling Hebner stupid. Yeah, he's like, what a stupid mistake by. Dude, he's like, and it's like he's like in denial when he's like, "Oh, such a stupid, yeah. stupid mistake! I can't believe it!" Yeah. Like, you know, like not like I'm the owner of the no, company. No, no, no. Like, yeah, he just he's he's incredulous that yeah. this happened. Yeah, like David Crockett would be or somebody yeah, like exactly. that. You know, it's, he's like almost like a mark, right? In so, a weird way, it's it's weird to hear Vince so marky. He is though. He's playing it up. So now, as Hogan's like pointing at and making faces at Hogan, I mean at Andre and DiBiase as they leave. We see a shot in the ring, and now there's a second Hebner talking to the original Hebner. Like, wait, what? So we have two Hebners. One looks extra pissed. The one that ran out looks really pissed off at the one that was refing that match. Right. But the one that was refing the match punches him and then like crappily kicks him. Yeah. So Hogan decides, wait, the the offensive one that must be the evil one. Yeah. It, it's it's almost like biblical. This yeah. like the, the story of King Solomon. Yes. And the, yeah. Like that's like seriously like the whole like with the with the kid. Yep. And the, you know, cut it in half. Cut it in half. Yeah. It's like it's the same thing. It's like well the evil evil one is He's right the there. one that beat him up right yeah. so hogan does like a big you he's like you, you. took the money very you know? early for the you yes it is yeah. 88 yeah yeah so then he picks up earl that's who that is by the way it's earl yeah hebner and he throws him on to dibiase and virgil he nearly throws him over <laughs> yeah. on dibiase's head <laughs> the boss i will catch you he just like falls at his feet <laughs> <laughs> so we're back in strike forces here now Girls in cars. <laughs> like, like, yeah, they're all like jollily yeah. coming out. After that, you think the crowd really wanted to see fucking Strike Force? Yeah, that, literally, who cares? That's, like, that's Rick Martel, yeah. folks, and uh, Tito Santana, the tag champions. Yeah. And they're fighting uh, the hearts. But <laughs> this is this, this cuts to the best. <laughs> Backstage. It's so amazing. It's like the most sore loser Hulk Hogan I've ever seen. Now, is Hogan justified? Yes, he yeah, did. He, is, he was screwed. But, but, but the way he handles this. He's like an eight-year-old that lost his ice cream. He acts like the the world is ending. Like it, it shut down the company. It's yep. over. Hulk Hogan's not the champion anymore. Yep. It's it's very dramatic. This is where we get such famous lines. And I'm going to cut each and every one of these lines in. How much money did they spend on the plastic surgery? How much money did they spend on the plastic surgery, man? You can see the dollar bills falling out of the ref's pocket. Look at the hundred-dollar bills falling out of his pocket. Penny pinching two timing referee. That I would get ripped off by a penny pinching two timing referee. Identical! <laughs> they were identical! Identical! Hey, right, right here, hold. 
So after Hogan's like crying and ranting, Gene's just like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, he's yeah, like, it's right. just like, enough of this. And like Hogan like bitterly Leaves. walks away and like Jack lands us there. Yeah. It's just like, oh, and like and the, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's the best reaction ever. Yeah. <laughs> so then we come back to this match that like literally no one cares yeah, about. Yeah, it's like so, like they're not even talking about it to the point where the credits are on the yeah. screen while they're wrestling. And the best part of it is we cut back to like Bret Hart kicking Rick Martel's ass <laughs> with a pile driver. It's like right. funny. Yeah. He's like beating the shit out of Rick Martel. Yeah, like, and meanwhile, they're like shooing it off. Yeah. Like, we gotta go. We like, come on. Because I mean, this was legit like a finite amount of time here. Right. You had to end, you yeah. know, to go to the next show, whatever it was. Yeah, it's on the network. Yep. So the WWE network helpfully actually shows the final seconds of the match. It ended right after they went off the air. Really with the copyright, like one time productions yes, or something once on a it. month productions. Yeah. Um, and the finish was Rick Martel winning with a sunset flip. Which is funny if you think about it the whole match, if that whole entire match was literally like... Four minutes maybe. Ma- not even like... Two minutes. Maybe three yeah. tops. So folks, what we want to explain here about this, that's the show. Goes yeah. off the air there. There's a few really good notes about this. Number one, we mentioned this was 33 million people saw it. Yep. They would never have that many eyes all at once on their and product And they probably ever. never will and they because... Probably never will. Because of the way TV works now, yes. it's just there isn't like people have like 300 cable channels. Back then, you right. had, you know, two, four, five, maybe five, seven, and like PBS. Exactly. Like, you know? So, and, and again, if this was being shown to bars, imagine all the other people that were in there that aren't even accounted for right. that were seeing it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Imagine a lot of eyes on the product gathered at people's houses to watch this yeah, stuff. An I bet. innumerable amount, considering, yeah. like you said, it was in, probably in bars. Yeah, and, and people watch it at each other's houses. Yeah. They can't, they don't, Neil, Mr. Nielsen doesn't know if you have 10 people in your house or right. not. It's but, all a guess. But even with Nielsen's guess, it's like one of the highest numbers ever. Ever. Like, yeah. Right. And it was very impressive. But here's a few programming notes as well. Earl Hebner, the evil ref in this case, yeah. uh, he had just come over, like literally at the end of January. Yeah, so no one NWA. saw this coming. This was Vince's big guarded secret, where to the point where I don't know if he told anybody, Pat, I'm sure knew, and maybe Bruce Pritchard at this point, because yeah. he was there, the inner circle. But like, Jesse Ventura, I don't think knew. Nobody expected this. This was a genuine surprise, the double ref right. swerve. Because... I think it's like genius. Like I it's think a it is perfect too. way to get the belt off Hogan. Because Hogan, let's face it, if three years was a long time the year before, yeah. four years is even longer. This ain't the days of Bruno anymore. Right. And Bob Backlund. They needed to get the belt off of somehow, but they needed like a creative way to do it that nobody would see coming. And that would build to a um a feud that could be finished at some point. And the fallout of this, we'll even walk you through this. We have a couple of more minutes left in the show here. Mm-hmm. The fallout was obviously the the title was vacated because you're not allowed to give it away. Right. So, so that the it wasn't the action of Andre winning in the chicanery kind of no, way. No, he, he did. won. He he counts. Like that's that counts. He's actually like in the record book. He did if win you go it. on WWE.com right yep. now and look at title history, they recognize Andre as like he was the champion but for not, like two seconds. But not DiBiase. Right, the DiBiase, that is the the breaking point. That's Correct. that's the, the broken link in the chain. The title is now vacant after he surrenders it. He can't surrender it to a particular person. He can only surrender it to vacant. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what he did. So then we obviously had the WrestleMania Four tournament, which brings us to Randy Savage, who wound up winning that tournament. So we'll, we'll get to him in a second. Hogan and Andre had an inconclusive double DQ. Mm-hmm. Hogan then took some time off. He filmed No Holds Barred, um, right. you know, in real life. When he came back, he helped Randy Savage fight. Andre and DiBiase, and they had a great program throughout the summer. 
right? Took it to Survivor Series and yeah. it kind of fizzled, fizzled Hogan out. Hogan was periodically around all during yeah. 88. Like, all he wasn't just gone. No, no, he was there. Yeah. Uh, and then that led to Hogan versus Savage for 89. So this really, a lot of pieces of motion here. Yeah, this set off a chain of events yes. that kind of leads pretty much up to the Warrior, if it, you think it, about it. It does. Like, no, yeah. it really does. Because Hogan and Savage all diverge from here. And we'll, yeah. we'll back it up now to Randy Savage's story arc here. So this is his last chapter with the Honky Tonk Man. It had started a few months earlier yeah. uh, in 87. It's actually why Savage became face. Right. Savage became face because Honky had basically been proclaiming himself the greatest intercontinental champion. Which was bullshit because Randy Savage up to that point was kind of the best intercontinental right. champion. <laughs> he, he was. Yeah. And the crowd was looking for any reason to cheer him anyway. Right. By 87. So they have this match on Saturday Night's Main Event, which aired on October 3rd offhand, maybe 2nd, 87. The one that you love, Quinn, where Bobby Heenan's on commentary instead yep, of Jesse. Yep. And he says, like, Liz looks like a... A, a, a shade in yeah, Des Moines or in whatever. Moines. And the, the big white dress. So yes. she looks, like, so pure yep. when Honky's gonna hit her. Like, yeah. So at that event, that is where um, Honky hits uh, Savage with a guitar because the Heart Foundation... Yeah, the Heart <laughs> Foundation. I love it. People get I love involved. it, yeah. right? So they're all kicking his ass, and that is where... Liz gets Randy uh, gets Hogan from the, the first back, time. And yeah. We have the first ever Mega Powers handshake. Right. So that is where Savage was at here. He had already been face. He'd already done that Mega Powers crap. He'd already happened. Like, yeah. Um and it was like a very big deal here for Savage to be fighting Honky for the IC title on network right. television. It's a mm-hmm. huge deal. So obviously he didn't win, um, and he went on to win the world title instead. Right, he at shouldn't have won here because he had bigger and better things to do at WrestleMania. Yep, he won the world title at WrestleMania uh, in that tournament. And I have to say this: uh, I don't know what Meltzer gave to um, Hogan Andre because I can't. Doesn't I don't exist. know if he rated it. Yeah. yeah, or the Strike Force match, which it wasn't. One. I mean, it's like less than a couple of minutes. <laughs> but I'll tell you this: there is a rating on record for him for Savage uh, Honky, and it's one and a quarter stars. Stupid. And it, how do you look at something like that and think it's like, oh, it's all about the wrestling match? You this know, is like, why? Because of this mentality. It's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it's stupid because this is a very entertaining show. Yeah, like it's actually like it flies by. Like yep. I swear, like it feels like it's over before it started. Like it's like holy shit! Like I just I just watched like an hour. Like and yeah. I can't believe it. It's one of the most tightly produced, concise, great hours of WWF storytelling from this period of time. Yeah, and you bar know, none. You know everything that happened, and you remember everything that happened. It's all good yeah. stuff. Hogan Andre is a great angle. I don't care what the wrestling was in it. Yeah. It's, who cares? And it was winding <laughs> down here, to be honest with you. Yes, Hogan and Andre. this is pretty much they they cap it off. Um, you know, four is kind of the end of it. Yeah, they have the WrestleFest cage match, yeah, which that too, but. I just finally unearthed my WrestleFest DVD, and uh, it didn't work. Yeah, so we had to get it mailed to us. Yeah, <laughs> WrestleFest '88. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need another copy. Yeah. Of that. it's a little <laughs> shit. It's not good. It's not good. But um, this is just a. a awesome snapshot of a hot period for the WWF and it's fitting it, it's happy for me because look like we said in the top of this Vince is not exactly the most scrupulous businessman yeah. and no one would ever accuse him of being you yeah. know a, an upstanding guy yeah he was successful though and he knew how to get his product on in in the eyes of a lot of viewers and he did it here and he made a memorable program a fun hour of entertainment yeah, i will say something about this program one Go one, ahead. one final note have the final word this is such a memorable program right yes and even when you're watching it i don't know what it is there's a glow about this show yeah in in just and like quite literally a glow right and it feels like you're watching something with rose colored glasses mm. yeah you're quite right literally you're right and that's usually not a good thing but in this case it's like <laughs> 
I don't know. It's just you watch it and you're just like, ah, like this is how you you, you know when people say like when you watch wrestling, you like ninety percent of the time it's horrible, but when it's right, it's it's like this sure. is why you watch it. Sure, like this is that kind of thing. Like when yeah. this is when it's right. This is when it's right. You know, yeah. and like we said. If you like the matches, well, you're not going to find great matches on here. But if you if you like a good time, yeah. If you like a fun sto- time of storytelling, this is a great show. Like you said, Glenn, this is one of the most memorable things. It's just a, a really fun time. Mm-hmm. And folks, speaking of fun times, we hope you had a fun time with us as we talk about the world of retro wrestling. Next week, we will be with you on Christmas on December 25th. Yes, not for episode number 63, but for a very special holiday episode. Yep. We're going to be reviewing something very, very interesting. I think mm-hmm. it'll be a the, fun time. The Christmas tradition that's continues. right it continues so we'll see you next week for episode uh special okay yeah. <laughs> and uh after that we'll be back with normal 63 in the meantime reach us on twitter at ovp podcast you can email us at ovp podcast at gmail.com join the facebook group right now if you haven't yet and you can also donate on patreon if you want rewards start at just two bucks a month until next time have a good rest of your day have a good rest of your week we will see you on the 25th see ya All right, uh, Vince McMahon, Bedlam and Pandemonium. Things in uh, somewhat of a chaotic state here. Hulk Hogan, I'm sure there's going to be a thorough investigation by the World Wrestling Federation into what happened here tonight. And I know you could not be any more disappointed. How much money did they spend on the plastic surgery, man? I had all bases covered. I had the Hulkamaniacs watching DiBiase. I had Virgil in his place. Never in my wildest dreams, me, Gene, would I think that I would get ripped off by a penny pension two-timing referee. How much money on the plastic surgery? How much money did he spend to pay the referee off when I turned around, me, Gene? They were identical. Identical. Right, right here, Hulk. Here it Look is. Look shoulder, brother. There. Look at the shoulder. That's him. The referee is paid off, brother. Look at the $100 bill falling out of his pocket. Wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. stop.